0: Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. In today's episode, I will be speaking with John Burnett. John has 11 years of experience in education and mental health. Currently, he is a middle school counselor. He has also been an elementary school counselor, a middle school counselor, Spanish teacher, and an assistant principal. John received his bachelor's in Spanish from the University of Memphis, master's in social counseling from Cambridge College, and an education of science in school administration from Fried Hartman. John enjoys building bridges and making connections with students, families, and teachers. He also hopes to continue to make a positive impact in the community and the world. John specializes in coping skills, mindfulness, grounding, and helping students work through trauma, anxiety, and stress. I am extra excited about today's episode. So join me as I speak to John on how you can support your language learners with their social and emotional health. Okay hey everyone we are jumping in and we have John Burnett on with us <laughs> Hey, y'all. and he is going to be uh sharing with us strategies tips about how we can support our language learners in their social and emotional health. I'm gonna let John just jump in and tell us a few things about himself his population at his school and just give us some of his background so go ahead and, and share it with us John anything you'd like to share.
1: Sure. Hey y'all. My name is John Burnett, and I am a Memphis native, born and raised. I transitioned to Houston about three years ago. I started in education as a middle school Spanish teacher in the Hickory Hill neighborhood, so I'm very familiar with uh, with uh, Millison and Middle got going on. Um, I was an elementary school counselor, middle school counselor, and I was an assistant principal. So I've done a, quite a bit, uh, a few things in education and. It just—it's been amazing to get all that experience and be able to to support all these students and families.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. You said that you've been in administration, a counselor, Mm -hmm. and a teacher, so you kind of have that full picture background of everything that's going on. What made you decide to become a counselor? Because I noticed that you said you was a teacher, then yeah. admin, and then a counselor. Usually people kind of go the other way, like, oh, a teacher, and then move up to admin. But it seems yeah. like you kind of made a full circle back to becoming a counselor. What, what motivated you to, to do that?
1: So actually, when I was a teacher, when I was teaching middle school, um, the students would come in and I was helping them with a lot of their problems that they were facing in their homes and communities. And even their social interactions, and so I was like, I'm spending a lot of my classroom time helping students with these needs. I'm like, I might as well actually go to school and get the degree for this. And so that's what I decided to go to school and get my master's in school counseling. And there we go. I'm like, I'm happy <laughs> work, and I enjoy it. And so. And then I learned a lot in my practical experience too. Um, that just really was like, this is the foundation. This is why I want to go into school counseling.
0: Yeah. John, do you mind just sharing, like, what are some trends that you're seeing in in school when it comes to social and emotional health with your students oh, um I know it wasn't one of the questions I sent over but I'm just you brought no, that up and I thought about that like what are some trends that, that you're seeing with the st- that's students? that's real
1: though right yeah. now like over the last two years at ed, the, the ch- education has changed
0: dramatically. Yes.
1: yeah not just the academic part of it but like the social emotional needs they were already high before the pandemic but now it's 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 crazy like some yeah. of- our students are having to deal with is just unreal. Like, I'm seeing a rise in anxiety, okay. um, depression, um, instances of, again, trigger warning, but instances of self harm. There's so much going on that our students are dealing with. And, it, and I really empathize with them because it's hard for them to focus on academics. And, you know, the teachers are doing the best that they can, but it's really hard because, you know, these students, they're really struggling with things that, they, that, that are beyond their control
0: yeah yeah I'm noticing that too and I notice a lot of teachers are saying that they feel like their students are behind uh, maturity wise yeah. like two grade levels and I know I can kind of speak to that too because yeah. this year I was teaching sixth grade and I kept saying I feel like I'm teaching an elementary class sometimes you know but
1: we also have to remember that <laughs> yeah. the last normal school year for some of these kids could have been elementary and so
0: right.
1: They've been at home for two years, or sometimes a a little over a year, and that can stunt their, that has stunted their uh, social-emotional growth. Because we have to think about, like, even as adults, we've gotten comfortable being on Zoom as opposed (laughs) to being in a room with other people, right? So they're still learning those social-emotional needs, and so it's been a struggle.
0: Yeah, you are so right. I have to remind myself that all the time. My other (laughs) teachers are like, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. So yeah. why do you think it's so important to su- support the social and emotional health of, of the students? Why do you feel that it's just something that we need to be doing every single day in the classroom, in the halls, just every every moment of the day, I feel like we do need to be doing it. Why do you feel like it's so important for us as educators to be supporting them?
1: Well, it's important because it's affecting their, uh, their academics.
0: Mm-hmm
1: cause it's affecting their whole well-being. If we don't meet those basic needs for our students, then it's hard for them to concentrate on on completing schoolwork. And honestly, I just, I don't know about like a lot of different places, but I've seen a shift in like the way that the students are even, you know, feeling about their future or feeling about their grades or things like that. And it's hard for them to focus on those things when they've got so many other things they're dealing with as far as like grief or loss or um, again, loneliness, depression, anxiety, all those things, it's hard for them to focus. So if we don't focus on like making sure those students are taken care of emotionally, it's hard for them to do any type of work.
0: So how is we as educators can, can incorporate just quick, simple things into our daily lessons or classroom interactions to help support um, those students in our classroom? Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. One thing that I do as a counselor, I make sure that all of my teachers on, um, on my team have this uh, running PowerPoint or presentation with uh, little quick activities. So I understand what it's like being a, a teacher because I was a teacher once too. Um, I wasn't held to any of the state assessments, but I understand the pressure along with that. So anything that I send to my teachers, I tell them these are things that can be done in less than five minutes. Some of them a minute or two minutes. But I will send them like deep breathing exercises, um, exercises for grounding, making sure that they, you know, uh, are aware of their senses, things like that. Some things that they can implement so easily. Uh, yeah. It doesn't take anything that they have to prepare for. They don't have to do anything. I give them everything that they need. And so I always say, hey, this is what you have available. Try these with the students, but you have to first get their, you know, get them invested in it and make sure they understand the importance of it. So. It, it, it's it's a lot in the beginning, but it pays off in the end. So I always tell teachers, you may miss two or three minutes of your instruction, mm-hmm. but it going to tr- drastically impact the way that things go in the classroom.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking from a teacher's perspective because you're going to have teachers mm-hmm. out there that say, "Well, I don't have two minutes," or "How yeah. does this connect to the standards?" <laughs> or yeah you're gonna you're gonna have that pushback and Mm -hmm. and when you get that pushback john like well how does this connect to the standards or how does Mm -hmm. this connect to what i'm doing as a counselor or even from an admin perspective since you definitely have that admin perspective too um what would you what would you tell them i know i have an idea of some things that i could say but from your perspective what are some things that that you would you would say
1: So beforehand, before I send them anything, even through email or whatever, I always have a conversation with them face to face and let them know these are the benefits. These are the ways that this is going to impact your classroom in a positive way. This is the research behind it. And not just the students, but this is for you, too. I want to teach you as the adult in the classroom how to take deep breathing, do deep breathing exercises, or do mindfulness meditation, do quick things to take care of yourself. So once you show them the benefits of it, and you form a partnership with them, they're more to be more likely to be on board.
0: Yeah. So I-
1: Giving somebody something and right now, even through email, just sending them emails and not like talking to them beforehand, because a lot of times, you know, adults don't read those emails because they're like overstressed right at the moment. So yeah. it's about the way that it's delivered and it's all about the way that it's framed beforehand.
0: I love that. I love that. Like how you said this about how it's framed, how it's delivered, yes. and I heard you saying building relationships with yes. the educators beforehand. And I think as teachers, it goes the other way as well. You know, making sure you're going out and you're building relationships with the counselor, you're building relationships with your admin team and other teachers on your team as well. Um, and I also want to say, just as a quick, just a thought, you know, um, in language classrooms. You can easily incorporate a quick speaking activity out there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you can say, Hey, you know, I want to do a quick check in. I want you to turn yep. to a partner and, and share how do you feel out there doing this? a breathing activity? How does this make you feel? What adjectives are just, come up? You know, things yeah. like that. If you, if you you feel like you have to connect it to something, there's still exactly. ways that you can, you can do it and be creative with it.
1: As and well. those are yeah. just some examples of some of the things that I provide. Sometimes I'll provide just a simple quote or a picture with, with a meaning, but that that's because I also think about the different content areas and so how they can provide it. So one thing that I've done specifically for ELA is through our character traits that we have every month, I always give them like a, a journal quote or something that, the, uh, you know, that the students can do to write like a couple messages or things on, uh, you know, when they read it, because that also enhances their ELA and their writing skills. So I always, I try to think beforehand, what are some of the, th- the teachers that, you know, what are some of the pushback or feedback that they're going to have the, and try to have that ready beforehand.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I like that idea of like, you know, some of those just some ideas, that things that yeah. you can do. And from the parents' perspective, I know a lot of parent um I know in middle school, you teach middle school, is that correct or you're in yes. high school, middle school. Okay. Middle. So I know I know in elementary parents are very hands-on, you know, but as they're getting <laughs> older, <laughs> um you know, parents are like, oh, I don't want to, you know. So what yeah. can parents be doing at home? Just simple things that they can do at home to support um, their students? Because as educators, a lot of times we want to know, well, what can we tell the parents to do at yeah. home to kind of help their children out um, with with some social and emotional help?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So one thing that we haven't had a chance to do uh, because of the pandemic, honestly, is like have more parent involvement come to our school. And one thing that I've done in the past, and I would like to do it moving forward, is have an information session for parents on like these are some of the strategies that we're teaching your students at school. How can you incorporate that at home? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I do when I meet with my students individually or do small groups with them, we do coping skills, I always give them uh, resources that they can take home. And, and I always say, teach this to your family so that they can uh, learn these things too. Yeah. And before I release them, I always say, all right, now I'm, I'm going to stop talking. I want you to teach me what I taught you so that you are able to go home and, uh, and teach your family because I just want to make sure you're prepared
0: yeah I love that idea as well yeah. in a way it's also a good way for them to assess too so yes, it is. <laughs> like, what did you, thinking. yeah mm-hmm. what what did you what did you learn mm-hmm. what do you as a counselor need from teachers and and what I mean by that what are some things mm-hmm. that you for this to be successful in the classroom you do need a partnership with teachers. So what is something from your perspective that you need from teachers just to make sure that this these strategies are successful in the classroom? Biggest
1: things, and I, thankfully I'm at a campus where the teachers that I work with, they're amazing and they are implementing these strategies and I see them using, it, I see the students using it, which is great. But the big thing is just uh, collecting collaboration and being able to step outside of your comfort zone sometimes like that's the big thing you know sometimes as educators we've gotten ourselves into a routine where we do the same things every single school year yeah. and so when you have something new that's introduced even though it may be beneficial it it can be a little just you know uncomfortable and so just stepping outside of your comfort zone and being able to collaborate and and even like speaking up when thing when you don't agree with something as long as it's done in a professional manner like I always like give my stuff to my teachers beforehand and say hey look over it tell me what you like what you don't like and then I can like make some uh, adjustments
0: yeah I like that idea and being vulnerable too I think that's so hard (laughs) You know, we want our students to be vulnerable, but, but are, are we doing the same thing when it, like you said, when it comes to trying new strategies and ideas in, in the classroom from a student's perspective, I know you mentioned earlier, um, that you, you're seeing a rise in anxiety and depression and those things. What a teacher sees that in her students or his students, what are some things that they should be doing? Do you, do I know we have a, a, course, it's a protocol at, at different schools. Some, like I know, for example, in mine, we're almost immediately supposed to get the counselor involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, would you just tell them to refer to the protocol, or is there just some simple things that they can do to kind of help out when they when they notice those things when their students?
1: So that's a really good question. One of the big things, of course, I always make sure that they are able to contact me. They have my personal cell phone number. I always tell them to text me is easier sometimes than than trying to call me on my office phone. Sometimes I'm in here. Yeah, that's the one of the main purposes for sending them this presentation, so that they have like some a, a bank of skills that they can use beforehand. And I want them to have be comfortable enough to be able to say, hey. I know that you're struggling right now. Why don't you go try this deep breathing exercise that we learned on Monday, come back to me and see if that works. And if it doesn't, then I'll send you to Mr. Burnett or one of the other counselors. Oh, okay. So I just to feel empowered to know that they, they there's something they can do uh, proactively. And if they can't handle that situation, you know, please refer to one of us. There's a lot of free <laughs> things that teachers can do. And um, and I would definitely send them to you. I'll email them to you and you feel free to send them out. But a lot okay. of I res- uh, that I get and the way I create my videos or things like that, it's free resources that are already available. Okay. So specifically, and I advertise this a lot, is copingsealsforkids.com. Hope you can download you. a lot of free deep breathing exercises. And like I said, I'll, I'll send in all these to you. Uh, these are free.
0: Okay. I know people are going to ask like, where do I get these resources from? So you all, I will be sure if you're listening, I will link um, John's YouTube channel and I will be sure in the show notes, you all to link the resources that he mentioned as well. So you can have access to those resources Mm -hmm. to do with your students um, as, as well.
1: Um, Yeah, I would highly recommend they print these out, uh, have several copies available in their room and just uh, like, I mean, there's, they're very easy, very simple to follow. The instructions are so clear cut to where it's like, they're they're very helpful for our students and again for adults too.
0: I know, I know, because I even mm. sometimes um, before work I start doing this is just mm. taking deep breaths yep. uh, before get, <laughs> before getting out the car, meditating for five minutes just to make sure. Say a prayer sometimes before yep. I even get out get out the car, and I've noticed the days where I do that, I do feel a lot more centered and a, and a lot calmer. I know this leads into the next question that I have for you, and it's about being consistent. And what do you think is the benefit of having a consistent um, social and emotional support in the classroom? Like, what is the benefit that you see of that? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but if you can dive Mm -hmm. a little bit deeper into that, of course, uh, what is some of the benefits of that?
1: So even the most uh, I don't want to say difficult, but even the uh, student who's having the most difficult behavior concerns they crave consistency. Yeah. Think about some of the t- some of their home life environments and we may not know everything, but we, we there's there's things that we see bits and pieces of. Mm-hmm. But some of our students come to school and they don't have any structure, they don't have any consistency, they don't have anything. And so the more that we can provide stability for them, the more comfortable they will be, become and then the more able they are to complete those assignments or or be participating in class or mm-hmm. All those things, but it's going to require that consistency and making sure that students are taken care of, even just like their basic needs, like food, water, uh, clothing. Uh, when, once we can make sure that we t- take care of our kids that way, you'll see the rise in academics, you'll see the rise in motivation uh, and it's just it's just so many things that we can do to provide support for them.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just thinking about you said the motivation part. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times teachers say, well, my students aren't motivated. Yeah. And what how do you believe does that connect to socially emotional health in any way? Oh, if definitely. You believe? And if you can't yeah. you can just kind of touch on that for us and talk to them about it, like of how course. that's connected and how it can't end up motivating your students mm-hmm. in the end
1: like I said, it's really hard, especially over the last two years that um, our students have seen a lot of things. And um, like grief and loss has a, every, even adults handle grief and loss differently. It's hard for us to expect students who are still developing, you know, mentally and, you know, physically, emotionally to come in and be their full selves when they've got all these things that they're worried about or concerned about. And so, We just have to make sure that we're doing everything we can do to provide support. And if you're, I mean, again, just doing what you can and just your work to make sure that you're providing support to our students and, and meeting their social emotional needs.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you have a school with a high population of language yes. learners, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so how how do you notice that that differs from from when you were working in a school? I know you uh, you pretty much always worked at a lot of schools with a high population of language learners because I yeah. know um, this they, is the most. Though. Yeah. So how is that different? I mean, like, are you doing any specialized support? Uh, yes. where you were before and if you can't can you touch on that a little bit for us yeah i'm
1: gonna know. tell you a story about something that literally just happened today <laughs> okay so we have a lot of newcomers to our school different uh different countries and some of the times that i'll actually hear their stories it's it's heartbreaking yeah that they had to endure to get to our country um it's, it's, it's just it's 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 hard yeah i have a student today he just he came in and he was having panic attacks and he's only here for maybe two weeks i believe but he oh, was
0: having-
1: wow. he was just saying how it's really difficult to learn english and that's like it's stressful being in a class because they have double block language arts class so he said it's really stressful to him and he had been going to the nurse uh, more frequently over the last couple weeks and so the nurse called me today and she's like he's having chest pains and oh, so wow. well i think it could be something like social emotional can you talk to him and so I pull them aside and it really helps that I speak Spanish us, uh, okay, yeah. with our students. And that really, that already provides some level of comfort for them. But we went over some deep breathing exercises together. Um, last year, I created a school counseling website or where we have like um, different um, resources for anxiety, different videos that I pulled together and kind of put in one place. And so I sat him down and had him watch those two videos. And then I did one of those coping skills that I got from Copingskills.com or copingkids.com. Mm-hmm. And we did some deep breathing exercises and just see that he was starting to feel a little bit better. And then the that I did is I reassured him that I was going to talk to the team that works to, uh, to teach him and see what kind of other levels of support we can do for him academically. But, I mean, it helps that I, I'm familiar with our English language learners and that the fact that I speak Spanish. But Everybody may not have that on their campus, but just the fact that we have supports for those students is great.
0: So one of the things that you mentioned was about the, you told that story about the student, and it it kind of brought something up to me is that a lot of times we have these expectations i know i do too i you know i'm the same way i have to catch myself a lot of times is that we have these expectations for the students to be able to come in and sit down and do their their bell ringer and do their Mm -hmm. assignment and be quiet and and all of these expectations for the students and we sometimes we we don't realize everything that it took for for them to even to, to arrive here in the united states what they may Um, have gone through and and the trauma behind that and Mm -hmm. it kind of is just really eye-opening for me to say hey sometimes we as educators need to take a step back and and think okay is there something else really going on here and I think that's why it's also really important going back to what you said just taking two minutes at the beginning of class to take some deep breathing exercises Mm -hmm. or incorporating a brain break in there for your yep. students um, as as well so yeah. um, thank you for sharing that story and and kind of oh, grounding sorry. a lot of us <laughs> um, as well I know uh, for me uh, before we wrap up I just want to know are there any just simple straightforward strategies tips that you will want to provide anyone that's listening to make sure that they're They're doing their best in providing just the social and emotional health for their students.
1: Yes, there are so many really simple things that you all can do. And like I said, I'm going to share these resources so that you have them available. But um, um, of course, there's deep breathing exercises, there's different ways to practice mindfulness. But the simple things like gratitude, there's gratitude exercises, just starting your morning with what is one thing that you're grateful for? And you see that takes just a couple minutes for having students reflect. And they don't even have to say it out loud if they don't want to or write it. It's just Take a moment, let's think about what we're grateful for. I also uh, share a lot of positive affirmations with my students and teachers. And I always encourage the teachers, why don't you take one um, from the list? It's like a hundred of them. You write one on the board and set your intentions for the week too. So you model this and it'll help you and it'll help your students. So there's so many like quick things that teachers can do to provide support. That again, I mean, it doesn't take any prep to do that. You just pick a a positive affirmation and have students pick one that, that resonates with them
0: yeah when you said set your attentions i want to follow up on it what do you mean yeah. by that can you give me an example of setting your attention with yourself and with the students for the week because that's yeah. a good i got a, like a wellness drawing it had that in there yeah. set your attentions and i'm like what yeah. do you mean you my attention <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> <laughs> to me
1: that's a better way or a different way to say resolutions or a goal for that day okay um, like for example like i would say like Pick something from this positive affirmation list that resonates with you so that you can get through the day. So one thing about us as adults, even like it can be counselor, teacher, administrator, whatever, we can encourage students all day long. We can Mm -hmm. say we want you to have a growth mindset. We want you to be resilient. We want you to be able to bounce back. But there are times when we don't give ourselves that same grace and we don't ourselves. So we have to actually set intentions for ourselves to make sure that we do those things, too. So like I said, taking care of yourself, finding a gratitude statement, things that you're grateful for, doing some positive affirmations, not just doing it for the kids because it's something that's going to help them. We have to know that that's going to help us as adults too.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I can't even yeah. imagine you all that are listening how this can be a fun morning bell work activity. If you have a, oh, yeah. a home room where the teacher just models for the student, this is my you know, be very kind of personal and transparent. Yes. This is my attention for the week. And I'm going to model for you all how this looks and how this mm-hmm. sounds if I'm doing this. What is your attention for the week? And then yep. have the students um, write their intention for the week. And yep. it seems like it may be something personal. I mean, I don't know if it'll be something that you want them to share out. But that is also another great way you all just just brainstorming here of how that can be a, a writing activity for your students, how that mm-hmm. can be a listening activity for your students, how mm-hmm. that can be a speaking activity for your students as well. Because I'm just imagining that if you they can have something like Flipgrid where they can go yeah, actually on Flipgrid. Flipgrid and and speak their intention for the week because it mm-hmm. is something powerful. Or like John said, if you have affirmations, open up a Flipgrid, have them go to Flipgrid, you all, and yes. say the affirmation in Flipgrid. And I'm just saying this, John, because I know people are going to say, how do I include this in my... <laughs>
1: yeah, or if they're comfortable <laughs> with learning different types of technology, I absolutely love Padlet.
0: Oh, I love Padlet too, yes. Yeah. And so you, can,
1: you can do that with padlet okay so this morning we're gonna uh everybody's going to go on padlet and share a gif of their something that they're (laughs) or something they're working towards or what uh, you know there's so many different ways that you can incorporate this where it's not just writing or not just speaking which all are important but
0: yeah
1: engaging activities and ways to connect all this
0: yeah and also like the visual support like how you said Mm -hmm. the gif or mean to show Mm -hmm. that just having those visuals of course we all know that's big with with Mm -hmm. language learners as well um i want to thank you john for coming on and sharing these uh strategies with us is there anything that you would like to share with the audience that before we log off for today i just want to make sure get everything in
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i just want to thank you all and again give yourself grace And know that this has just been a hard two years.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: may be seeing a rise in behaviors. You may be thinking that, you know, there's nothing that I'm doing that's working. You may think those things, but I can assure you that there is something you are doing. You may not see the impact of it right this second, but you are making a difference in somebody's life, whether that's a student, a colleague, a family that you're working with at school, but you're doing something. So keep going. And the things that, you know, the resources that I'm going to send you, don't feel, please don't feel overwhelmed and think you have to do all of them. Take it in chunks and do what's comfortable for you and what you feel is going to be beneficial for your students. But I can assure you that it's going to make an impact.
0: Thank you so much. And Jill, where can they find you? I know you have Instagram. Yes. You, uh, I don't know if your Facebook group is just for counselors. No, but no, it's for educators,
1: counselors. it's for mental health professionals, it's for anyone. And I share resources in that one, that group for free, too. So Um, there's three ways that you can connect with me and find out more information about how I um, how I help students in my school and how I help other educators but one on my Instagram and my YouTube they're the same handle same spelling and everything but it's counseling with Mr. B so Instagram and YouTube and if you'd like to join my Facebook group it's called the Learning Lab and again um, you can be an educator assistant principal or a leader it doesn't matter I I want everybody to feel free to come in and get those resources.
0: Okay. And you all, I will make sure to link all the ways you can join John's community, his Instagram, all of his uh, freebies that he does post in the group, because he does post a lot of freebies in the group. And also anything that he sends over, I will also make sure to link that in the show notes. John, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and everybody that's listening. (laughs) Thank you all (laughs) as well. Uh, We will see you all with a new episode next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, myadventuresinesl.com for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today and remember to stay positive and always have high expectations for your English language learners. See you soon!